from Michael Tumlin Designs. This is Creatively Brief. Born wild in a world that wants to tame me. You can't catch me on the run cause I'm gone, yeah. Hello everyone, and welcome to episode 27 of Creatively Brief, a podcast for creatives by creatives. I'm your host, Michael Tumlin, and I'm happy to welcome designer Daniel Eklund to today's show. Hey Daniel, how are you doing? I'm doing all good. Speaking to you from my living room in Sweden today, and uh, happy that you're having me. Yeah, I'm really excited to have you on the show. Um, you know, I, you're the first person I've had that's in Sweden. The only out-of-country people I've had on the show so far have been Canadian. Um, uh-huh. So it's cool, but I've always wanted to go to Sweden, so one day I'll make it over that way. Yeah, you should, definitely. Yeah. So before we get too deep into any questions about your work or anything like that, can you give everybody a little bit of background into who you are, what it is that you do, and just sort of where you're at in your career right now? Sure. Uh, Well, I consider myself still being kind of a newbie within uh, the business of graphic design. I come from a background of uh, entrepreneurship and actually architecture to begin with. Interesting. Uh, I never did graphic design or anything like that. Uh, during my studies, uh, I did engineering towards architectural and building design. Right. Um, so, well, for several different reasons, I uh, I tried that out before actually realizing that maybe design would be the better direction for me. That's really interesting. Um, you know, on the show, I've talked about how. I didn't actually study architecture, but back when I was thinking about what I wanted to go to college for, uh, that was one of the things before design that I looked at, and I thought that might be interesting, Um, and I have a big appreciation for it, but I think what's interesting is I've had other people on the show that come from the architecture or engineering background, and then they, you know, kind of transition into design, and I feel like they typically have a much more, like layout and grid style where you actually have like a really solid illustration style which I feel like in the past I've only ever seen from uh, more of people that grew up doing more like fine art things Um, is that something that you were doing when you were younger even though you kind of pursued something more technical or was art really new when you started pursuing design well I think when I was younger I was I was always tracing stuff and I was always uh, kind of a what we would call phone note doodling I don't know if it's directly translating it translating to English, but it's what you do whilst you're on the phone when you just have your sketchbook in front of you and you just do it a lot. Right. So I guess I always did that and, and I never really understood that it was actually a direction that I can go into or pursue and moving into my studies. Uh, as people often say, you're supposed to study something that is real, you right. know, a real profession. So that's why engineering and architecture was on the top of my list um, because I didn't really realize that you can do design for a living. Right. I think that's also really interesting because a lot of people say that same thing. And mm-hmm. I know for me, at least, like when I started kind of, you know, when I made the decision that this is what I wanted to do, it never even like clicked in my head that maybe like, maybe this would be a hard thing to go into or anything like that. Like I always just assumed it was open to me. And I don't know if that's, you know, I had a couple classes when I was younger that was in that. So maybe because of that, I just never questioned it. Um, mm. But but it's interesting because a lot of people have that same perspective. It's definitely not uncommon. Yeah. Uh, there's some people that I've been looking up to as well. They also, some of them come from a background within architecture. And I think the leap, sometimes the leap isn't that big. Yeah. Um, in my case, I think why I never thought of, you know, 
uh, moving into art seriously or graphic design is that I was never surrounded by any people that was doing that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, there wasn't a lot of creatives uh, around myself growing up, I would say. Uh, so all of that kind of stuff like music or, or sketching or illustrations and stuff like that, it all came later in life. So in that, in that terms, I'm kind of a late bloomer, I guess. Yeah. Very, very interesting. Yeah. So then looking at your work and actually like seeing the kind of work you put out, you have like a nice mix of illustration and lettering work. Uh, you know, so did both of these develop naturally for you or was that something that you kind of looked at and said, you know, I want to be able to do that and you had to really kind of work to refine that? I think, I think I still feel like I'm, I'm pushing it. I'm working very hard to narrow down what my style is. Uh, if you take the Instagram feed, for example, it's, it's sort of like a, a diary or, or a document that, uh, that contains basically everything I did from back to when I started this, like, which was five years ago. Right. Less exactly. So uh, even though you can see uh, traces or, or, or parts that are similar, it's, it's different. It's very different now from, from way back then. Uh, and I wouldn't say that typography and stuff like that is anything that I'm even close to actually handling well yet. So right. I'm, I'm still pushing it, trying to put myself in situations where I need to perform. Um, and I'm still like, I just got an iPad Pro a couple of months back. I mean, I, I've always had tools quite late in the process. So back in the very beginning, I was sketching by hand and now I you know, I got introduced to the Adobe Creative Suite and all that kind of stuff, but it's been a slow progress, but it also keeps it fun uh, because I, I always find it that when I get any of these new tools for one reason or another, I find all of this new kind of stuff that I can sort of explore. Right. So definitely still narrowing down what my style is, even though you can see you can sort of see a direction just looking at the feed, I guess. Right. I know. Um, I, so I was researching for this episode and I was taking like the deepest dive I could on your Instagram and kind of checking out all your work. Um, and you <laughs> yeah. can definitely see the progression and, and sort of the evolution, like you were saying. Um, you know, it started out with, I think, similar to how a lot of people start the style. Um, and, yeah. then, and then I saw you kind of went into the traditional flat lay, like hand lettering stuff, um, yeah. which is cool. But I, I think then there was a moment when it kind of clicked with you and I can see your work shift. And I think that's really interesting to see where it feels like you kind of you found what it is that at least right now you're doing, um, whether that's the end goal or not. Uh, and it's it's really cool. It's unique work. And I say that like it's illustration like a lot of other people's, but there's just something about it that feels different. Um, and, and I look at it and like I remember like deciding to reach out to you to be on the show and looking at your work. And I was just like, there's something about this that I like, and I, I can't quite put my hand on it or my finger on it. Um, but it's just really cool work. I don't know. That was like a I, completely useless statement altogether. I just really <laughs> like your work. No, it's great. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, I don't get that a lot because, well, let's be frank. I'm kind of the only person within, within the group of people that I hang out with that actually do graphic design. Right. So I'm the only that is nerdy about it. I mean, I'm still hanging out with the engineers that I went to school with. So right, right. They don't really know what I'm doodling, you know, yeah. 
and they don't really get what I do for work, I guess. Right. Um, but I really appreciate that. And uh, I mean, it's not, it's not that strange. I mean, you, you start by imitating people. Right. Imitating people. Like, like you have your, your, the people that you look up to and you sort of start thinking, I wonder how this person did that kind of style, you know? Right. Uh, and just getting getting dirty with it and, and just trying stuff. But yeah, I can't believe I, I guess you scrolled all the way down to the bottom. I did. And I tell people that, yeah, I know I want people to be able to do that because that's what I did in the beginning when I was looking up accounts that was really inspiring to me. Right. And I saw that, oh, shit, this person was actually kind of crap to begin with like right. I am now. Right, right. <laughs> or, I know. or at least the person didn't have, you know, the right tools or whatever to right. put it out there and making it look really, really cool. But it's persistence that is key. Uh, and it has always been that with me in anything, really. I was never the best at sports. I was never the best at guitar or anything. I just made up my mind and said, I'm going to do this, you know, consecutively. Mm -hmm. Or how do you say? Uh, to, in order to be better. Right. I think that's, yeah. uh, you know, that that's something that us creatives, us designers, uh, we're kind of like known for that, right? Just sitting down and saying, okay, well, I don't know how to do it, but I'm going to figure it out. Um, yeah. and, and I think that's, you know, that's, that's where you see people that kind of have those moments where you feel like they kind of hit their stride and find their style. Um, it comes from that repetition. And like you said, imitating people mm -hmm. in the beginning, kind of trying to figure out, you know, well, how did they do this and, and recreate it? Um, just for purposes of sort of learning the process, getting into their mind mm. a little bit. Um, yeah. And that's, you know, my personal design style. That's how I kind of got into that as well. Uh, you know, my, my big inspiration was Jeffrey Thielen, who's been on the show a couple times and just sort of mm. seeing how he did what he did. And then I kind of took that and decided, okay, well, let, let's see what I can do with it. So now that I've kind of figured out how he does it. Um, and I think that's the normal, that's the normal evolution of things. That, that's how you learn and that's how yeah. you get better at it. Definitely. Yeah. And I think if, if you're ever one of the persons like that people are trying to imitate, I think you should take it as a really, really huge compliment. People right. Trying to do stuff that you do. Uh, it's like people imitating their favorite athlete or whatever, you know? Right. Um, no. So I appreciate you going, going back to the old days there. Yeah. Indeed. <laughs> uh, and I, I thought, Sometimes I've been thinking about, you know, maybe I should just start a clean slate. Yeah. Now having, you know, narrowed down my style. But at the same time, I mean, I think it's important for people to see that this is actually the evolution and this is how, how it looks. This is, this is not in any way at all pitch perfect. Right, right. I agree. You know, I, I recently, I took a little bit of a break from the podcast and a little bit of a break from creating new design work myself. Um, and at least for my Instagram and I, I was posting some old work. And as I was like kind of drafting it up and, and planning what was going to go out when and all that, I was kind of looking back and, and I talk about this a lot as well. Cause I do take dives through my old work a lot. Um, <clears> and <throat> it is really refreshing to kind of look at it. Cause sometimes you get into like a creative rut and I'm like, you know, I can't yeah. figure out what to do with this or whatever yeah. it may be. And then I look back at an old design. I'm like, well, at least I'm not making that because that doesn't look very good. <laughs> so I think no, it's I think good. It's good to see that every now and then. It's a great exercise looking at what yeah. you did because when you feel the shittiest, when you're at the, you know, rock bottom, you've got a brief and you have no idea how to tackle it and you tried a hundred different solutions, you can still go back a few years within 
like I have a folder systems of all the projects that I did and just like look at something from 2017 or whatever. Right. Just look at that and say, well, actually, I, I think I might be on something here. Right. Uh, I mean, it's going to come to me eventually. Right. Um, no, it's cool. Yeah. So talking about some of your earlier work, you used to not really use a lot of color in your old work. It was very uh, monochromatic. Uh, and, and now I see that you're kind of using a little bit of color more, but it's also still kind of reserved. Um, you know, you'll usually have one color, I think. I, I think the most I've seen in any designs is one at a time. Uh, but what led you to kind of bringing color into your process? I think coming from the, like, so also one thing that is maybe important to point out is that Vistla and the work I do through Vistla was always made during the night or, you know, after working hours because I've always right. had, uh, or up until one point, I always had a day job. Uh, and so I think the black and white sort of monochromatic color scheme came from being in the architectural world at the time. So, you know, there's all turtlenecks and, and, uh, and round black glasses yeah. all around. So, you know, I was in that kind of environment. And at the time when I started this, I was so scared that anyone would find out. So, because that's, I was doing some branding uh, internally for the, the office. I right. turned out to end up in the marketing section because I just realized that I wasn't really the best engineer out there. And maybe it was better for me to draw up these concepts for like, um, architectural competitions and, and building sites and, and so forth. So that's when I think I started to do all of these really monotonic iconary or iconic designs. Right. And I knew that I wanted a, quite a striking first, like eye catching feet, so to speak, when people were to see my work. So I just decided to go black and white altogether. Right. Uh, eventually adding some really, really tiny, as you point out, splashes of color. But um, yeah, just a little while ago, I just, I mean, working with color is so fun and I do it a lot during my, uh, the other work that I've been doing now, uh, besides Vistla. Mm -hmm. And I uh, just decided that I want fun because it wasn't fun anymore to sort of put the feet together and, and try to work out new things so I'm just trying to break all the rules in order to develop even more I guess yeah uh, and once you open that that box of of you know colors I mean there's there's so many combinations and there's so much fun stuff to do with it so I feel sort of like reborn in that sense yeah, when I was kind of getting into you know my Instagram as well it was really the same kind of thing where you know I didn't, I think I have a love hate relationship with color. So like on the one hand, I love it when it looks good. And on the other hand, I have a hard time picking colors. Um, and I've gotten a little bit better at it now. My work that I do for Instagram is a lot of, uh, it's very photo heavy. I was actually looking at your feed as well with, with the photos and stuff like oh, yeah. that. And I'm also moving a bit into that. So it's just fun combining different visual, you know, parts and see what happens when you put them together. Right. I'm, I'm trying to do that a bit more as well. Right. I haven't really gotten to the point where you're at, but I, I, I think I will get there eventually. Yeah. See, the funny thing is I would look at it uh, the opposite way. I think it'd be really cool to work on pieces that don't have photos. So as opposed <laughs> to kind of like overlaying it, maybe making things that stand on their own a little more. Um, yeah. 
yeah, it, it's something I've talked about, and I've ha- I have a couple pieces, just a handful, that are a little bit more like uh, photo collage in that sense, and they're kind of like more individual as opposed to just over a photo. Um, and I really liked them, but I was sitting down trying to do more of them, and I just like right now I don't have the time for that. So mm. um, I'm I'm doing a few other things between the podcast and and school and all these other different things that I got going on. Uh, mm. You know, realistically, I'm not going to be able to put out work if I'm <laughs> doing it that way. So. I get what you're saying. Yeah, but yeah. I also think that um, the choice from me of using mainly black and white, I think I had this idea that it was going to be more sustainable throughout time. Right. So, for instance, if I did a lot, loads of projects or a couple of projects and, and I put them up on my website or in my portfolio or whatever, and you can see them being consistently black and white, it right. wouldn't matter if if somebody looked at them today or in five years because black and white always, I mean, monochromatic designs seem like they're quite sustainable. Right. But now I'm sort of like shifting a bit because I mean, when I'm looking at old posters and stuff like that and the color combinations and the techniques that they use, I love the fact that you can say that, Oh, that's such an 80s poster or right. that, you know, that it's sort of like a, it, it's a, it's a specific style for that time and place right so i'm not as careful or scared anymore that my work would feel outdated i guess yeah um, i think the cool thing about design is that whenever when you're in this world i feel like you almost never like things don't get i should he- i hesitate okay <laughs> things do get outdated but i feel like a lot of times you can look back at them and see it more with an appreciation than it is like oh that's old um, so, you know, I, I look back at a lot of the old like design movements, whether it's colors or the different like shapes they have. Um, and mm. it's more like, wow, that's really cool to see, you know, that must have been from way back or that looks mm. like it is. And it, it almost is like a nostalgic feeling that you get from it. Definitely. Yeah. My, my father-in-law is a matchbox collector. Yeah. Uh, so in the very beginning of, of of me trying out graphic design, we would just, you know, uh, pull out all, pull out all his old matchboxes on the floor in his living room, uh, because there's so much stuff, so many cool, great designs and stuff to be inspired by, and even right. tracing from them and putting together. You know, uh, so no, definitely get what you're meaning when you look at something, and you know, you just get that nostalgic feeling of yeah, of somebody actually did this back then, and uh, it doesn't really matter whether it would work in the campaign now or not. It's just cool. Right, exactly. So another thing that uh, you know I noticed in your work, another element is that you use a lot of halftone textures. Uh, so is is screen printing something that you've been interested in in the past, or that you do now, or is the halftone texture come more from just an appreciation, kind of like we were saying, just from um, you know vintage designs, older designs, and just from the process in general? I think the, the second thing you said there, uh, it was always something that I that I liked seeing in other designs. Yeah. Having said that, I must confess that I've always wanted to try out screen printing. It's actually nothing that I've ever gotten the chance to try. Even though I've had stuff of mine being screen printed, I'd never did it myself. Right. Uh, So it's a fascination of, of that kind of work and that process. Um, But uh, yeah, ultimately, it was something that I found really cool when seeing other people's work. Uh, it felt a bit more genuine, I don't know, close to heart. It also, find it 
easier to put it on a fairly white background and having it, you know, settle a bit more. Yeah. Standing on its own when it's texturized a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and it's also the thing that people turn to me, like I, I think still the thing that they ask the most is how I, or what I do in order to create those textures. And it's, it's what would people still want in when they, when they turn to me for designs. Yeah. I think it adds sort of, like you said, I think it adds like authenticity to the design. So I, I think, you know, having that, it makes it feel like it was a more physical process to make it. And I think that's something that like design on the one hand is a very digital medium, uh, but kind of getting back to the roots of, you know, the early days when it was more physical, I think there's like almost like a human connection whenever you have something that's more physical like that. So I don't know if that's why, but I, I agree. I think having the halftone patterns, having things screen printed, it adds an yeah. extra almost depth to the design. Definitely. Yeah. It also like having, having a geometrically perfect logo or symbol, uh, it can sometimes even be bothering to the eyes with it being too perfect and just adding that extra element of, of halftone textures or, you know, some grit to it or whatever. Right. I don't know. It makes it more lovable in a sense. I yeah. don't know why, but it's just the way it works, at yeah. least to me. Yeah, because you don't want it to be so, uh, like, I guess, like, robotic or, like, machine-like or whatever mm -hmm. that, you know, it, it feels impersonal. Whenever you're, especially, like, for a logo, if you're working on it, you want the your target audience to, like, connect to it. So I think there does have to be some organic element, you know, whether that's the texture or the shape, um, something just to kind of tie it back and make it feel a little more human. Mm. Yeah. So looking at your Instagram, you have a lot of posts. Uh, I scrolled all the way to the bottom, so I know. Uh, I think it's, like, <laughs> 1,100 or something like that. Uh, yeah, true, yeah. yeah. So, so how much of that is, is personal work versus paid work or things that you're doing for, for like to sell them? Um, how, what is the kind of the ratio of that? Um, it, it depends on what part you're looking at. Like first and foremost, the whole account, I was working within architecture as I stated previously right. at the time. And I decided that I needed to do something in order to develop because there was only so much that you could do within the office. I mean, right. there wasn't any, I mean, I wasn't drawing logos all day long, but it was the only thing that I wanted to do. Uh, so I was commuting at the time. So I had two hours by bus each day and I started to read books and I started to try and figure out what to do with all this time and not having like 10 hours a week, right. 40 hours a month, just going away. Uh, but I just, I, I always just fell asleep when reading books and I, I didn't figure it out before starting Vista and just having a project and focusing on trying to design or make something each and every day for a year. It was like a movement that was kind of popular back then. Right. Uh, people were putting out whether it was like a symbol or typography or whatever, that they posted one thing each day. And I wanted to do that and try to challenge myself in doing that consistently for one year. Right. And I ended up doing it for over two years. So that's, I mean, then it was almost all just personal exercise. Right, right. So of all the new or, or early posts that you'll see, maybe 5% was actually clients turning to me. Yeah. Which back then was like, what? Yeah. You, you, you're going to pay me to draw something for you. Yeah. But it was, it was awesome. It was the best feeling in the world. No, but so 
moving to present time, maybe, maybe exaggerating a little bit, but maybe 50-50 looking at the like, last period. Having said that, I also repost stuff I didn't pass or right. versions that were never approved. Um, so maybe somewhere around 50-50. And I, I actually like it being 50-50. I still like doing stuff just for fun, keeping it not too stiff and not too work oriented. I mean, this is the kind of work you do where you, you like to play around and call it work. Right. Basically. Yeah. 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 We're lucky in that sense. Yeah. You get, to, lucky. you get to explore what it is that you can do with all the different, you know, tools and the different effects and stuff. Um, that's, that's one of the big things in design. I think that, you know, is, is unique and also important. Like if you're not playing, I feel like it shows in the design work. So having Most that opportunity definitely. and that framework, I think is important. Yeah. yeah. Well, with that, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the influence of sports on Daniel's career and his favorite project he's worked on so far. I come alive when I'm in the face of danger. Bring the pressure, but I'm going to rise above. Yeah. Bet the house and I'll take that wager. Are you a designer, videographer, or creative of any type? Then you need to be on Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning platform with video courses created by professionals in their respective fields giving you insights into how to take your skills to the next level. Whether you're learning a new hobby or pursuing a career, Skillshare has a class for you. With classes from creatives like Aaron Draplin and Roxanne Gay, there's no limit to how much you can learn from Skillshare. You don't want to miss this opportunity. Sign up today with the link in the podcast notes to get a free trial of Skillshare Premium Membership and take your creativity to the next level. Welcome back, everyone. So, Daniel, looking at your feed, you have a lot of sports designs. So I, I wanted to kind of dive into how sports have influenced your career, influenced your life, sort of just where that, uh, I guess, uh, theme in your work sort of came from. I, I think it, initially it just came from pure interest. I mean, the biggest interest within my life is design or graphic design, doodling, uh, sports and music. And um, when starting doing Vistla, I tried to combine all of those different interests as much as I could. I just figured, like, what if, I mean, I read these magazines and I see these posters and these campaigns and somebody's doing that shit. Somebody's right. actually getting paid to create all this stuff. Uh, and I had no idea how to get to that point. So I guess I just started exercising like we spoke about before and trying to find a style and uh, also trying to reach out to people and actually just be quite frank and ask, you know, um, would you be open to do a collaboration or um, what would it take or how do you reach out to designers? How do you find design work? Right. I think it's something that people don't speak about a lot, but I mean, the majority of the sports related work that I've ever done I was making the first contact before it actually ended up being a project. Right. Um, and a lot of work besides actually drawing and sketching, I spend trying to find connections with people that might lead to a real project, you know? Right. Um, and I, I don't know why it's not spoken about because people, well, I'm talking from my own experience now, people love to talk about how they were uh, hired to do this specific project that was really cool. Right. But 
in many cases, maybe they were actually the ones making the initial contact, which I don't think takes anything away from the project. Right. It just shows that you're driven and that you know what you you're open to, I don't know, put yourself out there. Yeah. No, I agree. And I think that's where, you know, there's a certain entrepreneurial spirit that I feel like we have to have if we want to make it go specifically like kind of at freelance work and whenever you're kind of doing your own thing um, that you do kind of have to have that mindset that, you know, it, it might be like you might get a lot of no's in the process, but I think we have to be reaching out because until you start to make kind of like breakthrough in whatever industry it is that you want to get into, uh, yeah. You know, I, I don't think you're going to find too much success with the work just kind of coming to you. So you, you kind of got to build those connections, work for different people, and then they may mention to the next person and it'll just kind of, you know, go from exactly. there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's also one of the best feelings ever is when you actually get asked by a friend of a friend or right. somebody worked with in the past saying that, yeah, I met this or I ran into this guy and they told me to really reach out to you and get right. in contact with you working on this project that is that is the best and knowing that you were on linkedin or instagram one day two years ago finding this person and just sending a dm or or liking something that that actually turned out to be the reason why you're now working on a project of a bigger scale right i, I just think it's uh, that success right there yeah yeah absolutely creating opportunities for yourself i guess yeah. So looking at some of the sports designs, one of the ones that caught my attention, you posted it relatively recently, uh, six days ago. Uh, it's a Jimmy Butler design. And I mm. think this one is really cool because I do feel like it's one of the more colorful colorful designs uh, of yours. Um, but so where, where did... Where did the inspiration from this design specifically come from? Was it, were you watching a game and he, cause he's got a very specific face. I wish this was a visual podcast. I'm talking about visual things here. Go check out his work and find it. Uh, <laughs> if you want to follow along with us, but, um, where, where did the inspiration for this design specifically come from? Um, well, first and foremost, I think, uh, I've, I've been doing some non illustrative related projects now, just recently. Yeah. And uh, as I mentioned, I, I sort of quite recently just got iPad Pro and Procreate and stuff like that, trying to figure that out and just having fun with it. And right. it's, it's, it's so much fun. Uh, so I've been on my laptop doing all this other work that necessarily isn't the most sexy work, right. but it, pay, it pays the bills. So I'm always glancing towards the iPad and like, when, have, when am I ever going to get a chance to like have a few hours and just knock out an illustration, have some fun with it? Right. And with that, I mean, the NBA going on and everything. So the game was on uh, the heat in this uh, example, for this example. But uh, so, so that was basically it. It was just me having a couple hours, wanted to try out some new stuff. Right. Uh, try to like vibe a bit on their Miami Vice color schedule, or color yeah. scheme, so to speak. And uh, just put something out there that, well, yeah, just trying to keep it fresh, trying to do something new, trying to stay active yeah. on my toes a bit. Uh, I did the same thing with Dame Lillard uh, a little while before that, and that ended up going up on the actual Portland Trailblazer feed. Oh, that's cool. Uh, so, I mean, and, and that's always like great, like kind of recognition when you get that 
when you get that sort of like okay from the industry itself saying that oh this is actually cool enough for us to want to spread it to to the fan base right um and i i want to pursue working even more with sports uh, whether it has to do with branding iconery logos or illustrations so it's just it's just a way of keeping it fresh i guess yeah there's a guy you should check out uh his name's rob zilla on instagram yeah, you know, know him? Him. yeah i was yeah. gonna say because you you'd probably like his work a lot um definitely yeah i had definitely. a chance to meet him it was pretty cool um really really cool guy and his work is just awesome i i so i don't do illustration like at all i i just can't um mm. i actually so my girlfriend got an ipad not that long ago and that was the first time i had like kind of started using it and i have to yeah. tell you like that it's pretty meditative. Like I get in it and I'm like in a zone. Um, but other than that, I'm not a big illustration person. I'm just, it's not really my forte. Um, Mm. but, but I have big respect for it. And, uh, and, and your work with these, especially the sports things, they're so cool. Like, Mm. I feel like I could have like a whole wall of just your sports things just hung up everywhere. And I'd be totally happy because they're, they're dope for real. (laughs) Um, (laughs) <laughs> but no, that's cool. So, and I was going to say, if, if my family would allow me to do that as well, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Um, I was probably watching the game at the same time you were too. Uh, cause I was following the Miami who is, it was the, uh, Miami and then the bucks, right? Yeah. 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 They knocked out the bucks. Yeah. Which was wild because yeah. being, being in Florida, I'm a magic fan. Right. Um, my brother yeah. likes to tell me that I'm like not a real magic fan because I know that they're not very good. Um, they're better. <laughs> they're better, but, uh, they, they very much better. Yeah. Yeah. But no, the bucks, uh, they, they knocked us out. So we were rooting for Miami one Florida team and two get rid of the people that got rid of us. So yeah, I'm glad they won, but, uh, that's wild. That's really cool. Yeah. Is there a love hate relationship between the, between the magic and the heat or are you kind of like a more brotherly coming from the same area of the country? I think it's a, a mix. Um, it's brotherly, but also like if you go to a game when it's Miami versus Orlando, uh, you know, yeah. people are going to be loud and there's, okay. there's some smack talk. Um, okay, I got yeah, it. yeah. But, uh, but I like to think it's, you know, brotherly and, and nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't hate okay. the heat at all. I don't hate the heat. Yeah. So uh, looking at sort of uh, your, your design career, you know, I know you talked about how you still feel like you're relatively new to it all, uh, but what designers do you feel have influenced your style and sort of influenced your career and where you're at right now? I, I actually listened to some of your previous episodes of the podcast okay. and I sort of saw this question coming. Yeah. And I was thinking because it's been very, very, it's been loads of different people during different periods of time. Like Rob Silla, like you're saying, I just found out about him a while back. Right. I wish I, wish I followed him for a longer time because I don't know what my work would have looked like now, maybe. Right. Um, but I know that I started following this guy called, I think he, his handle is Stay Bold. Okay. His name is Milan Shigori. Um, but he has these really rough designs and he does loads of things for like heavy metal bands and stuff like that. I think That's he's cool. based in Australia. Also screen printing a lot of teas and stuff like that. So I, I vividly remember following him, try to figure out why his grit and why his textures would work so well and why my would look so crappy. Right, right. Um, and moving on from that, I mean, everything from digital agencies that just sticks out its neck a bit more. Uh, I like an agency called I Love Dust that I followed forever. 
and they have some big accounts in making like Nike campaigns. I saw they did the digital campaign for the new Kevin Durant shoe and stuff like that at the moment. Uh, John Contino, yeah, uh, Benny Gold, Young Jerks. Um, there's a guy who also comes from architecture, but is doing pretty heavy illustration work and a lot of tracing, but exaggerating it a bit more than I'm doing. Yeah, he's called, his name is Kevin uh, Kervin Brissot, and he's one of the members of a studio in New York called Vault Forty Nine. Um, okay, I know that when I found out about him he was having this little uh interview on their website and he told his story about coming from an architectural background and actually making the transition into graphic design right it's probably one of the first times when i thought "Hmm, maybe maybe that's something that i actually could do maybe i don't have to you know be here with my little red pencil trying to figure out where to put doors within a like multi-story building right. all day long. Maybe I can do this during my daytime as well. So those are just some examples. I mean, there's loads of them out there. Yeah. That's what's really cool about that too, is that a, a lot of times I'll ask that question and I'll kind of know, you know, at least a handful of the people, uh, that, that people mentioned to me. Um, but I yeah. don't think I'm familiar with like any of them except young cool. jerks. I, I know them. Um, but so I'll have to mm. check that out. And for anyone listening, um, I will drop like links down to all of their, uh, social media, um, as well as anything else that we talked about today that, uh, is linkable will be down in the podcast notes. So check that out if you want to, uh, follow along. Um, very cool, though. That's very cool. So where do you kind of see yourself moving then? Is there a goal that you're working towards? I know you talked about wanting to kind of break into the sports industry and maybe working there. Um, but is there anything else or, or is that sort of like what you're really pushing for right now? Um, I mean, I, I think I see it in a different way, perhaps than others. I don't know. I, I shouldn't speak up for others, but... It's kind of cliche, but I have a bucket list on my website. Mm -hmm. And um, some of the boxes are ticked, like doing something for a uh, sports magazine or doing a record cover, um, which I was very fortunate of doing last fall when that is actually probably, I don't know if we had time for that, but that is probably the craziest project so far. Maybe we're going to touch on that later. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, anywho, I have a bucket list with everything from uh, making a bourbon label to creating a specific logo for for a person. Or, you know, I have all these kind of stuff that I sort of want to put into my portfolio uh, just to get a nice mix. Because when I'm sitting there and I'm older and hopefully my kids and they will bring their grandkids and stuff, it won't be just, I was doing sports illustration and that's it. I would love it for be, to be a mix of loads of different stuff, you know, right. that you did in the past. Trying out, you know, different industries, talking to different kind of people in order to hopefully grow as a designer and grow as a person myself. Um, so I think right now, just trying to be open-minded and trying to stick to that path of trying different things because you never know that, you know, there might be something that I never tried before, which works best for me, you know? Right. Um, in the long run. Yeah. So we'll see, we'll see where it goes, but just trying to push, uh, keep pushing, creating stuff, 
putting myself in new surroundings, I guess. Yeah. I think when you do that, like everything's going to naturally evolve and you'll kind of, uh, you know, find yourself progressing. That's just how things work. Uh, mm-hmm. So that, that's a good goal. It's a nice and easy one to keep working at. If you're just a little bit better every single day, then you're hitting the goal. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. So then what is, uh, I guess, your favorite project? Or I don't know if that's the one that you just mentioned, um, that your favorite or maybe the most hectic project you've been able to work on. What, what was sort of the process for it as well? What, what did it look like? I feel like we're almost we, we should get paid by by the people over Instagram talking about this, but like that's just the way it is right now. It's it's basically that and my website are the only ways that I connect with new clients. Right. It's just a it's been a massive marketing tool for me, um, and the by far the craziest project uh, and one of the most rewarding uh, in terms of experience um was when i was contacted by leonard cohen's son on instagram through dms from nowhere i mean yeah from out of nowhere just got a text and i had to look him up uh, because i knew that leonard cohen was dead i was familiar with his work even though i wasn't a fanatic right um but it was basically his son saying that they were putting together all these pieces that they had from stuff that hadn't been released yet because they were composing and putting together the very last Leonard Cohen album, a posthumous like piece. Um, and they were looking for people to do the entire art direction and uh, cover for it. Uh, and I was told by people around me that, you know, I shouldn't be, so foolish, you should really check this out and see what happens. And I didn't know whether he just got in contact with me or those of others, but we started talking and I started putting out some drafts after a while. And it was all supposed to be built on old sketches from Leonard Cohen because he was not only an artist. I mean, he was, uh, or not only a singer, he was an artist and right. a, he was doing poetry and all this kind of stuff. So I find myself getting like a Dropbox just containing loads of, old sketches scanned in from his private like collection right is which is just so surreal and how am i going to touch these right and make them justice put them together having sony and the cohen family approve on all of this i mean i just couldn't see it but i knew i had to get it right so yeah a couple of weeks passes and loads of different examples and we haven't even agreed on on terms of pay or anything like this yet but eventually he's like yeah we're going to move further with you or we're going to move ahead with you he just i guess i was taking it seriously enough for him to really feel that i could turn up or show up right so um i basically yeah that was that was the biggest and probably most honorable assignment that i was given yet working on that and it was released like almost exactly one year ago and uh yeah i still find it a bit surreal talking about it yeah and plus that also checks off your uh album cover right i so, was exactly i was going to mention that and yeah. i never never figured that it was going to be a leonard cohen album that was right. going to tick that box i thought i was going to do something for you know the local right you know guy around the corner here over at my city but now that was definitely uh that was definitely a strange, stressful 
horrific, tremendous, great, you know, all that yeah. combined experience. Yeah. Yeah. Cause when it's something like that, like obviously, I mean, you don't want to mess anything up, but especially that, uh, I was going to mm. say, cause you know, I've done a couple album covers, but like never like that. It's, it's like the, you know, the, the SoundCloud rappers or, you know, stuff like that. So like yeah. real small people. Um, so yeah, that's crazy to be able to do that. Uh, that's, uh, and, and the circumstances around it too, you know, that his son just found you on Instagram and shot you a DM, you know, it's, exactly. it speaks to the power of social media as well. Um, you know, and, and the importance of sort of, you know, putting your work out there and staying consistent on it. Cause you never know who's going to see it. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, congratulations. I mean, I know it was a oh, while ago, me. but that that's that's wild. That's cool. Uh, so what advice would you give to other creatives? Uh, you know, we've talked a lot about sort of you coming from the architectural background, uh, now kind of transitioning into illustration and sort of like finding your passion and pursuing that. Um, so if there's other designers out there that are, you know, younger, just getting started, or even if they're actively working in the field, just what would be your best piece of advice that you could give them? Being persistent, I think. Yeah. I think that's the only thing. Uh, keep keep doing it, even though you're hitting low periods of your life or whatever. Just just keep trying to have fun with it. If it's not fun, try something else. I mean, just a different technique. Just change the uh, the pen or the paper or, or the tool that you're using at the moment. Try to look at it from another angle, but ultimately just keep on doing it. Yeah. Like a little mantra that I've been putting out uh, every once in a while is just like, as long as you do or create something, it will end up somewhere. I mean, right. It might, it might just end up on, on your neighbor's Instagram feed, or it might end up in the lap of somebody who will give you you know, the project of designing Lennon Cohen's last album. Right. It's the same thing. And, and, like I appreciate both of them, but just keep at it and just keep on doing what you believe will work and the rest of it, it will, it'll figure itself out. Yeah. That's, uh, that's some good advice. That's, uh, you know, I think that's important with, with people, especially the younger people. Cause I feel like it's easy to get discouraged whenever you're young. Uh, and sort of like mm. we talked about earlier, being able to kind of look back at your work and see the progression of it and other people's as well. See like, you know, well, look back, you know, three years ago, well, I'm not a big fan of that work, you know, and, and now they've kind of yeah. gotten to where they are. Um, but I think it's easy when you're young to kind of say, you know, I'm, I'm not good at this. I don't want to do this, uh, whatever. Exactly. And so I think that persistence is what kind of helps you grow yeah. and, and get better and find your style. It doesn't happen overnight. That's, yeah. that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, we're all proof of that. And, uh, you know, nobody's going to pick up a pencil or an instrument and be great at it great at it from the get-go right that's not that's just not how it works with any type of craft right so just keep plowing ahead um listen to people that you're inspired by talk to people ask people questions ask dumb questions yeah uh or, or questions that you feel like like they are like you feel they're dumb but they're not right like don't be too proud and being transparent in what you, in what kind of process you're in at the right. moment, because chances are the person you're talking to, they were just in that same process. Exactly. They can yeah. relate to it. For yeah. Sure. 
Yeah, and I know the design community, uh, you know, here I, I like to think that it's everywhere, it's the same way, um, but, but they're very open, so whenever you ask those questions, you know, they're very transparent about what they've been through, what they're doing now, uh, mm-hmm. you know, sort of just what their career looks like, and, and they're really just interested in helping everyone sort of succeed and, and uh, you know, grow as designers. So, um, yeah, asking those, you know, quote, dumb questions or or just picking someone's brain, I think is it's a good habit to get into for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, with that, we're going to wrap up today's show, but where can everyone find your work, Daniel? Okay. So my handle on social media is Visla graphic. Uh, so that's Visla spelled V I S L A. Uh, and you can, I guess my name, even though it's hard to pronounce and probably write too, uh, <laughs> it's, it's Googleable. Uh, and I try to consistently just put out stuff that uh, that is occupying my mind right now, trying to keep uh, keep the the feed fresh and uh, yeah, just having fun with it. So yeah, please check it out. Definitely, yeah, he's got a, a ton of great work. Like I said, about eleven hundred posts. Um, so definitely go make sure to check out his work uh, and I will have links to all of his, uh, his website as well as his Instagram and any other areas you can get connected in the podcast notes down below. Um, well, thank you, Daniel, for joining me today. I do really appreciate you, uh, being here and and being flexible with timing. Um, you know, Sweden to Florida is quite a big time (laughs) difference, but I do appreciate it. So thank you very much. My pleasure is all mine, Michael. Thanks for having me. 100%. Thank you for being here. And thank you everyone else for listening to this episode of Creatively Brief. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and follow us on social media at Creatively Brief. I'll be back next week with another episode. But until then, have a great week, everyone. I'll talk to you guys in the next one.